Hey, business building warrior, have I got a treat for you today. My name's Jim. I'm the host of Silent Sales Machine Radio. If this is one of the first episodes you've ever heard of our show, let me encourage you. You need to listen to 10, 15, maybe 20 or 30 even episodes to pick up on a theme around here. Because if you only hear it once, you may not believe it. But after you've heard it a couple dozen times, it'll start to be, you'll start to be convinced there's a lot of people succeeding because of the stuff we teach on this show and we love to interview them. That's what we're going to do today. I'm going to interview today Brad and Georgia. Now we're using first names only by request because of this job situation. He didn't want to have his face out there either because he didn't want to put anything at risk with his business, with his, with his real job. So he works a real job. He actually has a good family slash friend relationship with Georgia who is a lady in her 70s who lives nearby, and they're running the business together. So Brad and Georgia, they've got an incredible story. He actually was introduced to our community because he picked up an old copy of one of my books. Now that book is badly in need of an update. <laughs> I don't actually have any current books right now. This podcast is about it. So he references that. Don't go scrambling for the book. Pick it up if you'd like, but this podcast will keep you far more updated on what's going on in our community. But that's how he found us, jumped into our podcast, got into the Proven Amazon course, got into coaching a little over a year ago. And at this point, Brad and Georgia have built a business that is doing about $30,000 a month at a really nice margin and it's scaling quickly. Something I love about their business model is it's very diversified. They've got a good handful of things going on, but the core of it is the replens system, which is the base model that we teach all of our Proven Amazon course students. If you don't know what the Proven Amazon course is, there's a link at silentgym.com. There's three, four very important links at silentgym.com. There's a link to this podcast, which you're listening to. There's a link to our free Facebook group with 72,000 members, very active group. You'll hear Brad talk about that quite a bit today, how helpful it's been for him and his journey. There's a link to our coaching program as well for one-on-one -on -one attention from one of the highly successful coaches on our team who's built a beautiful business and carved out a little bit of time each day or each week, carved out some time to serve the students in our community who want to invest in themselves through our coaching program. And finally, you'll see a link to our proven Amazon course, which is the flagship course, costs a little over a dollar a day to get in there and get all you need to know as you need to know it, no matter if you're just starting and know absolutely nothing about e-commerce, or if you've already got a six-figure business and you want to expand and grow using Amazon creatively to continue your growth. So it's a little bit of something for everyone. So let's talk through some of what you can expect from today's episode, and then we'll get our guests over here. And you're going to just love the heart that these guys have. They have some great stories today about some very simple lessons they learned on this podcast that they've applied to their business that has put a ton of money in their pockets. You're going to hear them talk about retail arbitrage, which is something that a lot of people in our community say, oh, I don't want to go to stores. I don't want to shop. You don't have to do those things. But man, you're leaving a lot of money on the table if you aren't hitting some local regional specialty stores looking for great replens and good inventory that you can sell on Amazon. There's a lot of money there. And they talk about exactly how they do that, how they've built the relationships and how it's led to some beautiful things for their business. Uh, they talk about how they're starting to use a prep center so that their online purchases aren't sent to them at their house. The packages are actually sent to the prep center that prepares that inventory to be sent to Amazon and sends it into Amazon on their behalf. RepCenterNetwork.com 
is the service there. Again, the link to all of this in the show notes. But they're very convincing that you're kind of crazy to ignore retail arbitrage. There's a lot of great inventory to be had very near you. There's a good number of tools and resources mentioned on today's episode. There's links to all of that in the show notes at silentgym.com. Just look for this podcast episode and they'll get you straightened out there with a good link and an explanation of what each of those tools are. Uh, I think that's about all the notes that we have to go over. Just one last thing to remind you that our guests today, Brad and Georgia, will be with us. They confirmed on the episode today they're going to be with us in Columbus, Ohio, July 6th through 8th at our conference. Remember these three words for the conference website, The Proven Conference. Theprovenconference.com is the site. Get over there, get your tickets, get registered for the hotel, join hundreds of listeners to this show who will be there. A whole bunch of the successful students you've heard interviewed are going to be there. A bunch of our coaches, we've got a few dozen coaches on our team. They're going to be there. It's going to be a blast. 40 breakout sessions. The website has a list of most of the sessions. We actually have a few to add because we keep adding more new great speakers and sessions to this event. Very reasonably priced. We want you there. Please reach out to us if you have any questions about that event. All right, let's get over and meet Brad and Georgia. One last reminder, this is audio only today by request. If you ever want to be on the show and share your story with us, we're perfectly happy to honor a request for, hey, audio only, please, or no last names, please, because your job situation, whatever circumstances, happy to honor that request like we're doing today with today's guests. So let's jump over and meet Brad and Georgia right now. You're going to learn a ton from this episode. Enjoy. So Brad and Georgia, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Great to be here. Yeah, thrilled. Looking forward to a chat. Yeah, good to meet you guys. And we just talked for a couple minutes. I like to save all the good stuff for the listeners. So Brad, let's get into the story, man. Sure thing. So I started in e-commerce, uh, dabbling in eBay in the late 90s and have been in and out of that for the since then. And it's mostly buying and selling a few things here and there, some, uh, you know, like vintage automobile parts and a few things around the house. Uh, so it was nothing major. And then um, back in July of 2021, we had a family road trip that we were taking and circumstances set it up so that I had to drive separately from my family. And the round trip was in plus some work travel was going to be about 12 hours of drive time over the course of a week. So I was at audible.com looking for some audiobooks to download before the trip. And you know how at the bottom it says, hey, based on your browsing history or other things you've looked at, here are some recommendations. Right. Well, the first thing that popped up was the Silent Sales Machine book. Really? Yeah. All right. I didn't and know they so recommended my book like sound. that. <laughs> yeah. So it sounded awesome. So I downloaded it. Okay. And over the course of that, that week, I, I basically listened to the whole thing. And um, I was super stoked by it because I've been looking for something that I could do on the side, ultimately, that I could transition to as I headed towards retirement, right? Rather than just step off the corporate hamster wheel into doing nothing, I said, well, I've got to establish some sort of a glide path. And so e-commerce was always intriguing to me. So I thought, hey, this is a really interesting opportunity. So I started to listen to the podcasts and literally listened to all of them up until that point. We're now we're at September of 2021. Uh, I don't do Facebook. Uh, nothing against it, but I don't have any social media accounts. So I use my wife's login to check once or twice on the community uh, just to see how things were going. But in any event, so now we're in the fall of 2021. 
And I decided, hey, if I really want to jumpstart this thing, probably should reach out to your team about coaching. So I uh, met with uh, Deborah over the phone. Mm-hmm. A couple of question and answer sessions later, uh, we were paired up with Abe McMahon, who has been fantastic. He is he's a, a really, really great guy, very measured demeanor. Nothing freaks him out. So it's really helpful. You know, you have those early panic moments and you get your coach on the phone. He's like, oh, this is all good. Let me just help walk you through this. So he and the, and the, uh, the coaching staff really, I think, um, accelerated our learning curve. Uh, it was just so awesome to have somebody to interact with who could handhold us through most of this. So uh, that brings us to the fall of 2021. Got the account set up. Uh, I have an LLC uh, that I had before in a different state. So one of the things that I might mention here, if you're just getting started with an LLC, do it in your own state uh, so that you can get the benefit of the tax-free purchasing. I can't really do that because you need to have a foreign entity registration in a separate state from where your LLC is domiciled. Anyway, it was a big mess. So uh, pro tip is set your LLC up in the place you live or where your uh, products are going to arrive, and that'll save you a bunch of trouble. So, So by the end of 2021, I had started practicing uh, all the sourcing methods and stuff. So I hadn't bought anything. I was just sort of going through the motions, trying to develop the, the muscle memory and finding stuff and so forth. And so we kicked off selling in February of 2022. So along the way during the fall of 2021, I was super excited about all this. As I mentioned, George is over at our house frequently. And so she she took an interest in it and said, hey, you know, this might be fun for the two of us to do this. So that's how the partnership sort of uh, happens. So uh, let, let's find out. Let's, let's hear from Georgia in your own words. You know, we haven't introduced you really yet. And, and I don't know a whole lot about your story either, Georgia, as you're sitting here. And this is an audio only episode today. So let's give people a point of context of, you know, who's this good friend, Georgia, sitting here next to Brad? Yes. Well, I'm in my 70s, past the halfway mark. And, <laughs> Possibly. Uh, I always enjoyed working. I'm a bit of a workaholic, and I guess what I've experienced is that the intellectual challenges and the social connections are very meaningful, and I think that's helped me uh, feel more content and adapt better to just being a senior citizen. So, uh, and I love working, and I love everything associated with working. It's also helped me be healthier because I have to maintain good eating habits, get my rest and uh, develop path for me in terms of amount worked. I work on the average about 15 hours a week, which is really not very much. And uh, uh, so I stay interested and engaged and healthier as a result of it. So that's great. So you've kind of plugged yourself into this business that Brad already has going. And, and I learned yes. off air, Brad, it's just you, kind of like in my family, it's primarily me. Now that you'll meet families where it's primarily the wife, primarily the husband, or sometimes you'll see couples doing it all in together. But for whatever reason, sometimes it's just one and there's no right or wrong way to do this. But I love that we've got Georgia who's kind of stepped in as a a nearby relative slash friend, kind of stepping Mm -hmm. into the picture, right? And I don't understand the exact dynamics of how all that happened yet, but I just love that you found someone else that this business model resonated with. And Georgia, you're putting it in your own words, like, hey, this is something yeah. to look forward to. I'm staying active, keeping my keeping my brain rocking on these right. numbers and these deals. And 
and uh, helping out with the Amazon business. I'd love to hear what your role is, Georgia. Like, what are your responsibilities? Actually, one of the first things I did was to assist developing the warehouse. It was developed in a two-car garage and a friend helped us who was interested in the business and what we were doing. And so he looked at our workspace and uh, helped us design a structure that works for us. So we have a concrete floor in the garage and uh, uh, carts were built. Uh, those um, just regular shelving, five high shelving. And uh, so they were made mobile by putting them on a platform with wheels. So then uh, a structure was created so that those shelves, uh, when I'm using the garage, are off to the side. As soon as we're ready to do the warehouse, those shelves being mobile are put into place. And uh, uh, we have a uh, workstation for the prepping, workstation for the shipping and boxing, and uh, uh, spaces for um, computers and other equipment that we use. So the flow is very good. So it's quick. We can set things up and uh, do our work. And it usually takes us, what would you say, two hours? Yeah, two we, three hours? when we're packing, it's about uh, prepping and packing. It's about a two-hour exercise a few times a week. Mm-hmm. Jim, I, my mental model of this that Georgia just described is it's basically like a, an accordion. I send her a text about 10 minutes before I'm ready to come over. She backs her car out wheels all this stuff into position and we fly through our prep and pack stuff. And then when we're done, I put the boxes that we're going to ship in the back of my car, leave them in the garage. And then uh, Georgia rolls everything back like she likes it and pulls her car. That's great. Okay. So Georgia, you live nearby. Yes. Gotcha. And it's your garage. Yes. What a great arrangement. I love it. Could I just make a little sidebar for the, for the listeners who are hearing this and maybe you've heard a good handful of episodes and, and you've heard people talk about, when should I get this stuff out of my house and start using a prep center? And you've heard me say, wait, there's a third option here. Mm-hmm. Find a family member or friend nearby, someone who's got some extra space. I've even said specifically, the sweet retired old lady that lives across the street. That's, that's like, me. you know, <laughs> figure out something besides moving it all out of, you know, to another state. And there may be some other good options nearby. And I think this is a perfect illustration of that arrangement where, and the nice thing about this too is, you know, like if you go on vacation, Brad, you still got someone that can receive shipments. You still right. got someone that can keep an eye on things local. You can do some merchant right. fulfill this way where you're actually shipping straight to the customer as they place orders. Like eBay is still on the table, right? So you can get it all out of your house, but you can still have the benefit of being able to do all those ship it yourself type of activities still as well. Um, so I love this arrangement. This is fantastic. Yeah, it works. Really well. And in addition, if I'm out of town for work, um, I can generate a shopping list for Georgia and she can shop while I'm out of town so that when we get back, I'll, we'll tag team on the prepping and shipping of what she's gathered the last Got three or four So you're the shopper too. Yes, I love the shopping. That's well, I favorite. can see, Brad, why you're keeping this first name audio only today. You're afraid someone's going to steal Georgia. Oh, I'll <laughs> get another shopper. This is great. So you guys are doing some RA, some OA. Uh, you're doing some Merchant Fulfill. You're still doing some eBay, Brad? A little bit here and there on stuff that I wouldn't really want to put on Amazon, even so it's in used condition or whatever. There are a few things that um, we really like to protect our 
our rating on Amazon. Right now we have about 38 five-star reviews and we're very particular about what we send out. So I know you can do some used stuff. I've done a couple of used books, but eBay is the channel for all the other stuff like that. I I tend to agree. Yeah, I like to sell nice new shiny stuff on Amazon to protect the rating and and protect yourself from any kind of like IP challenge stuff like that. Although some people do really well selling the used stuff though. Um, Yeah. But, you know, you you can get into some, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now, but you can get yourself into some strange territory pretty fast with used or, you know, dented boxes or whatever. So you got to be careful what you're sending into Amazon. I like to stay all new. Yep, and, and Georgia um, is very good in particular about presentation of the things we send in, particular clothing and apparel. She's the one, I'll let her tell you, but she's the one who is very fastidious about packing it, making it look just so. The tags are in the same orientation on all of them. So when they go in the box, they look like they came straight from the factory. That's I awesome. Pack, I pack with a customer in mind because mm-hmm. when I receive something, I look to see how it looks. And I assess the merchant who I got it from. And so uh, we put extra work in making sure our products are, they need to be bubble wrapped or put in protective poly bags. Poly bags, yeah. And uh, put items into the poly bags with good presentations. So when, as a customer, when I open it up and I see something that's very pretty, I'm happy. And so that's kind of uh, our orientation is. Product presentation is really important. That's so great. And, and what I'm, th- I'm just kind of trying to listen to this episode from the ears of maybe a, a listener who's out there doing it all themselves. Cause that's how a lot of people start. They're doing it all themselves. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you if you've built a profitable system and you're doing it all yourself, you need a Georgia. You need to start yeah, looking for a Georgia. A Georgia changes your life because you're not just stuffing t shirts in a bag now or just throwing stuff in a box because you got to get it done because you got other things. Right. You've got right. someone who actually has the time, they have the margin. And I'm sure you're not, you don't have to pay Georgia $50 an hour to get her to do this no. with excellence, right? Like you guys have some kind of reasonable arrangements that you've made mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. frees you up, Brad. You're both benefiting. That's how business is supposed to work. You find yes. someone to do some of the, and, and I can tell just by the way Georgia was talking about it. I'm sure the listeners could pick up on it. She takes her job seriously, way more seriously than I do. When I go to our prep center and start throwing stuff in boxes, I'm just like, I'm slinging product. And like, whoa, slow down, dude. <laughs> Three foot drop test, remember? Like, yeah. they're so much better at it than I am. Uh, you know, that it just makes it so obvious that I've made a good decision to, to hire people to do those things. And, and we make more money when you put good people in place. Your business, it's bigger, faster. Another factor is quality control. Just mm-hmm. gonna- we want our products to go out in top shape and human beings make mistakes. So we have a system where we kind of double check what the other person is doing yeah. and just to catch human error because we don't like to send anything out that's uh, not well done. Yeah, that's so, so we'll, as an example, when, when we go to do our prep and ship, um, I, I'm the one who typically generates the, the labels for the products. And Georgia calls out the count to me and I print the right number of labels. So, And then when we're sticking them on stuff, Georgia's checking to make sure we don't have an extra label or we're short one. That causes us to go back and recount and make sure that we counted right the first time. So the fact that we're doing this sort of handoff of the labels versus the product count, our, our shipping metrics are outstanding. We have very few mistakes in that regard because we're 
we kind of have this natural, you know, quality control check that's built into just the way that we've evolved our, our process. That's fantastic. I think a lot I of people can learn senior. from you guys. Go ahead, Georgia. I do it as a senior, but you know, I think young people, some neighborhood kids who are into it, responsible, they could do an excellent job. Absolutely. Well, yeah. We've been we listed can. a few, uh, the neighborhood kids. When we have some heavy prep stuff, we pay them, you know, 10 bucks an hour to I'll print off a whole bunch of labels and have them label stuff for us from time to time. That's uh, great. These are probably in the 12 to 13 year old age group. You know, they'd be out mowing your yard or whatever for a buck. So they're happy to sit inside and climate control right. and or some things. It seems like pretty easy money to them. So yeah. I bet Georgia hard. has good snacks on hand typically too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to, to enlist them and get them to, to come in. So so getting back to the RAOA thing, I did some uh, quick check uh, before the call here, and we're doing about uh, 15% OA source product and, and the rest is RA. Um, wow. 85% yeah. RA. Did I hear you? Yeah. Correct? And I'll tell you why that's, that's uh, and we're, we, our last three months have been right at 30,000 a month in sales, mm-hmm. which is a pretty heavy lift for RA. You've mentioned in the past, as have others, it can be a grind to go, to go do that. But our RA is split into basically two buckets. We have uh, replens, and those are the things you know. Obviously, we go get a few times a week. That works really well. Predominantly grocery-related items. We are in some specialty grocery stores, like regional and ethnic uh, grocery stores. We're not love that at Walmart with others, and we'll get into this a little later. We have relationships with all of these store managers. They know exactly what we're doing. Excellent. Uh, Super helpful, but we've got a, a little bit. We'll we'll dive into that. So there's the replant part of the RA, and then there's the Easter egg hunt part of the RA that we do. And so we have a source locally, a couple of places actually we go for the Easter egg hunt. And what we've done is we've actually scheduled it. So typically on Friday afternoon, Georgia and I will go take a little road trip. This is about a five or six hour exercise, including drive time. We go to these uh, particular stores. And again, we know the managers and text with them ahead of time to make sure it'll be a, a fruitful visit. And then we go in and we just do the Easter egg hunt thing and come back with a pile of product. And so now you're faced with prepping all of these onesie twosie things and you know getting them entered in the system. And we have a item master file we in Excel where we keep every ASIN we've ever sold. And like there's just this administrative overhead that comes with it. But it dawned on us a couple of months ago, we recently were accepted into a prep center. Uh, It's actually Kyle Curtis's prep center in Portland. And so that's just a few hours from where we are. So now what we do is we take this as predominantly apparel. We vacuum pack it, like squish it all down, put it in a box. There's no limits on box size or weight like there is shipping inbound to Amazon. So I can send Kyle and his team a very big box that's super heavy of apparel and we have our RA Easter egg hunt stuff run through a prep center uh, to get it to Amazon. And so that's awesome. And now I just want to clarify what you mean by Easter egg. I know everyone, you guys both know, obviously, and you've kind of adapted some terminology from the community in that regard. Most people listening will probably know what you mean by that. But when we talk about the replens model, we're talking about easy repeat purchase items. You could give it to anybody and say, hey, go to the store and buy these 30 items and the quantities. Anybody could learn that job in five seconds. That's what we love to see the replens business become, this list of easy to source repeat buy items. You're just selling over and over, buying them at full retail price. That's the beauty of replens. Kind of boring. 
The Easter egg hunt model is what we all did as eBay sellers for, in some cases, for a couple of decades. People have been doing this where you're hitting the yard sales, or you're hitting the clearance aisles, you're looking for stuff that's priced low at the store and selling for more online. We call it the Easter egg model. Very different from replins. Sometimes people get the two confused. They're com- two completely different worlds. Completely. But I call it not walking past $20 bills. Like if I'm going to go to a store anyway, hey, I don't want to walk past $20 bills just sitting there on the shelf. Even if I can only flip it one time, yeah, I'll, I'll grab it. It sounds like you guys are doing that with some some clearance and markdowns on pr- primarily clothing, it sounds like. Is that correct. correct? That's exactly right. And we have a uh, a cutoff for that. So when we're Easter egg hunting in that fashion that you just described, we're in the store, scanning through the clearance stuff. And to make it worth our time, our target is at least $50 a profit on the thing that we're getting. And when I say the thing we're getting, it could be five of the same item that are $10 each in profit. Mm -hmm. It's time to set those up. Or it could be one item uh, that has at least $50 a profit in it. And so we have been pretty fortunate there that we typically come away with somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,000 a profit on each of these Friday visits. For your five or six hours, that's not bad. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. And that's why we keep doing it, just to be candid. It, it generates a, a, a good amount of margin to cover some of the other things that we're getting into. Mm-hmm. We have a VA. We have a prep center now. We've got Jeff Schick on retainer to help us with IP stuff that we might need to escalate to him and his team. And we've got, uh, we're doing some work with Humminbird uh, around branding, getting into looking forward to some branded bundles and stuff like that. So the money to the profits that we are investing in those kinds of activities are typically generated through this kind of hybrid RA model. It's not something I want to do long term, but it does afford us the opportunity to pump some uh, of the profits back into the business because it is very profitable. Yeah. And the reason you wouldn't want to do it long term is simply because at some point you want to have a completely automated system that's just kind of running itself. And this is very much dependent. The Easter egg hunt model, the treasure hunt model, some people call it. It's just hard to turn that all over to somebody. Because if you train someone to go do it all for you, they're like, "Ah, why am I doing this for you? Right? So it's like the owner. Yeah, I would mention too that that, um, it's taken us close to a year to get to the point where our skills and confidence are higher enough Mm -hmm. to make these kind of calls when we're in the store. Early on, much more risk averse, might buy one or two things and test them. And now uh, we're a little bit, further along and can spot a, a good like Easter egg and it's for relatively low risk. That's not something I would advocate people go running out to do right away. Yeah. Like sometimes people perceive that as being that, a simple model. It, it really isn't. I, I would argue it's, it's more complex and slightly more risky and certainly not as scalable or automatable. It's as not. Is replans. That's why we start everybody with replans. Just we, we want you to learn those skills. But are, are you guys actually setting up any new listings? I think I caught a hint that you might be. No? Okay. Not yet. That, You're just selling against absolutely. existing listings. You're looking at Keepa data to make your decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And in fact, when we're doing stuff like the uh, that model where we're in the store, we're you know checking each other's work, so to speak, and mm-hmm. before we make the purchases that we're both sort of aligned on same thing. Sometimes we're like, yeah, this is a little bit iffy. Let's just skip it or whatnot. But again, it's something that you can't automate. I can outsource some of the administrative stuff to our VA, but this going to the store thing is yeah, that is a bottleneck, and it's on us. And eventually, we'll get that uh, we'll grow past it. But for now, it's it's profitable enough that it's helping fund absolutely five or six hours for a thousand dollars net profit. All, after all said and done, yeah, that's time well spent. And 
uh, it's adding some great margin to your business as you're scaling. Give me an example. You said uh, some you're kind of checking each other's work. Like, what would be one of those margin call products where, like, how many drops, how much profit? You know, what are you looking for on the Easter egg hunt specifically? Like those one-time flips. Where and I'm assuming it's a one-time flip because these are markdowns, clearance, closeout items. When you go back next month, they're not going to be there anymore. If, if they were, you'd buy them again, obviously. Right. But what are you looking for when you're trying to decide if you're going to get into it or not? A couple of things. So first of all, we're looking for a profit margin, uh, typically north of thirty percent, an ROI in the eighty or higher range. The drops can be a little bit tricky. Some of the products sell pretty quickly. And what we're looking for there oftentimes is periods of time in the Keepa chart where there were out of stocks. So you can see the gaps in the Keepa chart. And you can see that if it's something that's going in and out of stock, we can kind of name our price because there are a few other competitors there. So, uh, and then there are some things that are a little iffy where the Keepa chart only has maybe 90 days worth of history. So right in sort of a bet on whether this is going to sell well or not. So in those cases, we typically, and this, I rely on Georgia a lot for this, is we're heading into summertime. We might lean into some summertime stuff. I'm not going to buy, you know, heavyweight parka with 90 days worth of history. Mm-hmm. We might sit on that thing till next fall. So that's not, not interesting. So, so we do kind of sense check in that regard. Is it the right season? How risky do we want to be on this thing? Other sellers, gaps in the history that suggest People are having trouble staying in stock on this thing, uh, those sorts of things. And for the listeners' sake, for those who just heard us mention some things you've never heard of before, maybe you're new to the show, let me get you up to speed real quick. We mentioned Keepa. We're not going to dive real deep into what that tool is. It costs you about 20, 25 bucks a month. It's a foundational tool that you'll hear mentioned on most podcast episodes on this show. Go listen to episode number 369 to get up to speed on what Keepa is and why we love it, what it does that no other tool does. And uh, we'll kind of leave it that. You also mentioned our good friend and a sponsor on this program, Jeff Schick, who is a great Amazon legal and policy expert that you can put on retainer for a few dollars a day to help you with any of those legal and policy challenges. He's got a great team. We'll stick a link to that in the show notes. Uh, and then you mentioned Humminbird as well. That's a company I have a part ownership interest in. And we help with branding, trademark. People are diving into private label and need some services there. There'll be a link to that in the show notes as well. Excited to, to hear maybe what you guys are up to on that front as well. But Brad, you're doing a great job, man. I'm just kind of sitting here listening, learning, and enjoying hanging out with you guys. Where do you want to go next? We kind of left the timeline off. About a year ago was where we dropped the timeline. February 2022, you have a coach. You're getting some momentum. you know, And now you're at about $30,000 a month. What are your net margins? And then let's fill in some gaps, approximately. Yeah, yeah, actually, I pulled those numbers before the call. Just uh, the timing of this recording is great because I just did all the tax work on the business. So I can right, here we are, March 2023, mm-hmm. so it's tax time coming can, up fast. I can tell you very specifically. So for uh, for full year 2022, we did 115700 in sales, starting with a $48 a month in February of 2022, which is a funny story. We sold two things. One, a classic replan, and one was a used book. And the following week, I got an IP complaint for the one replan we found. <laughs> uh, so my very first replan that we sold generated an IP uh, complaint. So fortunately, yeah, it, you freaked out. Oh no, and I did. Yeah. yeah, not freaked out. I think that's the the normal reaction the first time. Everybody freaks out. I know. So on on balance for 2022, our 
profit margin was 18.43%. That is sales less all of Amazon's fees plus the cash they kept for the reserves. And then that doesn't include bubble wrap and all the other stuff below the line there, which is probably another three or 4%. So right. I'm going to call that 12 to 15% landed like bottom, bottom line, mm-hmm. um, which isn't bad. We had a lot of startup expenses in the year. I mean, we bought dedicated printers right out of the gate, not fooling around with anything else. We got our equipment for the warehouse, the floor scale and all. People don't have to do that. We knew that we'd bid in this for the long term. So we yeah. went and bit the bullet, made the investments up front. Yeah. So that really eats into your first year profit, but you've got a viable, profitable, you know, proof of concept first year. Yep. You're getting pretty excited. At what point did Georgia come into the picture then? I think Georgia, you probably started, right? Right. Right at the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah. You you guys connected pretty fast then. So you were there for that whole first year adventure. I got you. Okay. Yeah. She was there for the, the, when we did our first shipment that took about four hours to send out the first box, I'm making all errors and system challenges and you just gotta you just gotta grind through uh-huh. that we're yeah. very now compared to one this. of the things that we do now that wasn't available when you guys went through this is for new proven amazon course students who are just starting this journey we formed it's a 40 dollars class one-time payment of 40 dollars. we call it kickstart you can contact our support team at silentgym.com i'm pointing at the camera even though this is audio today i'm pointing at my little silent gym <laughs> black nobody can see that this is audio only uh, if you go to silentgym.com, contact our support team, ask them about the Kickstart program. One time cost $40. You get into a small group. It's a Zoom class with other new students to walk you through what Brad just described. Some of those one-time finding my first product, packaging it, sending it to Amazon, getting my account set up. A lot of those little frustrations, those little speed bumps that can turn into roadblocks when you're new and you're doing it alone. We like to help people through that initial phase and get them some momentum. So look into Kickstart if... Uh, yeah, that that would be super helpful. We've helped seven people get started in this business over the last year. That's amazing. Uh, and and I have to laugh. Um, I think getting your printers to work, we can put a man on the moon, but getting a printer to work the first time is essentially That's the truth. And, <laughs> those, and those that labels, is, I, yeah. I tell people, yeah, once you get your printer set up, that's the hardest part of this business. <laughs> Good. That's funny. Yeah, a lot of people do get snagged right there and get frustrated. If if you just get into our Facebook group and just do a search for the word printer or label, <laughs> you're going to see it. A, a lot of people frustrated and then a lot of people coming in and saying, hey, here's what you need to do with the different models and such that are out there. But yeah, you're right. It, and it, But once it works, it just works and you just go, okay. right? Yep. And so there are a lot of those one-time learning sort of speed bumps you just got to get over. Mm-hmm. And you, hey, just to finish up on the numbers thing, I took a look at our yeah. year to 2023 numbers. Right. Just by comparison. So we're at uh, just a hot, uh, like a hair short of 70,000 for, you know, here we are in mid March. So roughly 30,000 a month rolling in the first quarter here. And our margins are all the way up to 22.75%. So we're, you know, we're picking up steam there. We picked up another Absolutely. margin. And that's coming from the, the RA model we just discussed, which we'll use to fund the growth of the business and eventually we'll exit that. But for now, it's really it's really helping our bottom line. It gives us the flexibility to invest in some other things we want to we want to do. It's a very realistic picture of what this business looks like. There's plenty of people who take off far faster. There's plenty of people who get frustrated six, nine months in and just throw in the towel, but they were determined quite often the people who just kind of get frustrated after six months or so, they were determined that. I'm going to do the business under my own terms. 
I'm only going to work two hours a day. I'm only going to use online arbitrage. I'm never going to go to a store. I'm never going to, you know, and it's like their list of things I'll never do is is so long that they've just got this little tiny kind of window of of opportunities they've built. If you're willing to do the work and to kind of be flexible, spend five or six hours. Is it once a week you said you guys go do your yeah, we do the we do the that kind of shopping once a week. Your Easter egg, yeah. So I mean, yeah. you going out and finding a thousand bucks with a with a half day, you know, plus of work. Yeah, yeah those are the kind of people that make it long term. You're willing to do what it takes. And newsflash: any business you ever start is exactly the same way, right? Yeah. But the reason we're so bullish about this is because it, I've done e-commerce for a long time. I just haven't seen anything this reliable and consistent. Yeah, and it's the um, the. The model that we were just describing uh, has, uh, let me just rattle off the things that it has helped support. So Jeff Schick, who you mentioned just a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle and his uh, proven prep uh, operation over in uh, Portland. We also have what was formerly known as the proven account management team helping us on the back end. Mm-hmm. And so we've also got our returns uh, processing operation tied in over there in Georgia with Axios. So these are all things that came about recently that are the Lego blocks for building long-term. It just so happened the opportunity to get in on all of those came up all at the same time. So we wanted to fund them by doing this extra work. Uh, in time, we'll grow into those. Those are costs that will scale with us so we don't have to get with that, so to speak, right now. And and then the, the stuff that we're sending down to, to Kyle and the proven prep is actually counting for our, um, the minimums that he has. And he's very generous in helping uh, smaller sellers with reasonable minimums through his facility. So I'm going to shout out to Kyle and all the work that he's done. He and his team there are phenomenal, very flexible. Um, and it's, it's made a world of difference for us. So I, I see that Absolutely. as a win for us. I appreciate you mentioning that. For those who don't know what a prep center is, you can go to prepcenternetwork.com. We've got a big list of all the prep centers that we know of. If you know of one that's not on that list, let us know. But that's if you don't have a great Georgia who lives across the street or near you and you've got to send your inventory somewhere besides your own front porch and dining room, our mm-hmm. prep center network is a good place to go. And of course, you know, you guys are having a great experience with Kyle so far. And, you know, different prep centers have different specializations. Some of them are very newbie friendly, but they charge a little more because newbies are a lot more harder to work with. Or some of them are, you know, you've got to send us. 10,000 units a month minimum, or we won't even talk to you, but their prices are low because they're only working with the big boys, right? So you've got a, just all different. You've got them in the tax-free states where there's no sales tax on your OA purchases, on your online purchases. Um, so there's benefits and advantages and disadvantages, but I think it really makes some sense to spend some time. If your business is growing and you want to get it out of your own house, find a prep partner. That's a free service we provide to this listening community and to our students is prepcenternetwork.com. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes as well for folks. We have a lot of people who have found a great partner there that can help them prepare their inventory to go to Amazon. That's basically what a prep center does. Some of them will even do the merchant fulfill for you as well, like with the one-off, one-at-a-time orders, where you know if you get an order for one product that you're holding and you want to ship it straight to the customer instead of sending it to Amazon's warehouse, well, they'll do that fulfillment for you as well. Many of them will. But okay, yeah, so that's what a prep center is. Well, we're, we're dropping a lot of really good resources on folks and you guys have built a beautiful business, 70K. And here we are about six, eight weeks or so, eight weeks plus into, and you're coming up on a thousand dollar a week business here. You're, you're, you're right on the heels of having a thousand dollar a week business. That's pretty impressive guys. Yeah, it's going really well. 
The one area that I did want to spend a little time talking about is uh, diving back into the relationships thing. Yeah, uh, we, we have spent a lot of time working with our local store managers. Uh, yes, you mentioned that. I want to hear more about that. Yeah. And so uh, I'm an introvert by nature. So this is a little outside my comfort zone, but mm-hmm. taking the advice from uh, you and Abe in the community, we, we've met these uh, these store managers and most of them, Georgia has uh, most of them in her contact list on her phone and they're texting her uh, information. We just had one recently who changed mm-hmm. jobs to a new retailer and did what? And called me up and invited me to come see what they had. And, uh, which was very nice so that they remembered us in a real positive way. So we've put a lot of energy into building those relationships with people. And what I appreciate and admire is Brad's style, which is he's very direct. He's very honest. And he tells them he's a seller. Mm-hmm. And because uh, when they see us buying these large amounts of things, I'm sure they must wonder. Right. Someone need 10 pairs of that and 10 yeah. pairs of this. And so they appreciate that. So then they work with us. And yeah. so they'll point out items that they think we might be interested in, uh, or they're just helpful. And uh, uh, they trust us. I think that's a real important piece of it. Absolutely. Business is built on relationships and trust. And, and I've said this for years. I mean, you'll hear people with different schools of thought, but I'm, I'm pretty set in my ways on this topic, Georgia, that if you meet a manager, you're at a store and someone says, hey, why are you buying 20 of those? You don't make up some silly story about some orphanage you're supporting or something. You know, No, you don't lie. Say, I sell things online and you guys are supplying me with some great inventory. And I would love to enhance our relationship, see if I can buy even more stuff from you guys. You'll get further faster being transparent than you will making up those funny little stories to try to teach him a lesson about asking bad questions at the wrong time. You know, like, no, don't, don't make enemies at the register. Meet the manager, tell him what you're doing. And of all the years that I've told people to do that, I've only heard one incident <laughs> where the manager's like, oh, wait, you're a reseller? No, we don't want resellers here. Hundreds of stories were like what you guys are saying. They're like, yeah, we, you know, I thought that's what some people are up to in here, but they're always kind of shady about it. I love that you're just transparent about it and like, hey, you want to come in around the back? We've got like a whole bunch of clearance stuff and maybe you want some of it. Like, the relationships pay off. Exactly the case. I was just going to mention that. So one of the regional drugstore chains we go to, they do, when they do clearance, they mark it down pretty heavily, typically 75%. Uh, so we found some really good stuff early on, talking May of last year. A prestige cosmetics brand marked down 75%, was eligible to sell it, is still navigating some gating and ungating stuff as, as a new seller. This happened to be open for us for, to sell. So we got a handful of those, uh, sent them in, they sold really well. And so I went back and they were no longer on discount. So I was asking the store manager, I said, these things were discounted last month and now they're not. And she explained to me, she said, yeah, it, corporate controls the cadence for clearance. And so they were marked down. Somebody forgot to keep them marked down. But she said, I'll tell you a little secret. As store manager, we have the authority to mark things down again if they've ever once been on clearance. So you don't have to worry about them being on clearance. And so I said, oh, great. So I'll take some more of this. And she said, well, how much do you want? I said, well, I'll take all of it. But I get paid every two weeks by Amazon. So how about I come back every other week and you discount some stuff that meets our budget? And she said, great, I work. Uh, Monday through Thursday. So we would go, or Sunday through Thursday, I'd go out there on Sunday 
and she'd open the case and hand us a little basket and say, I'll meet you at the front. And we would just go through and get stuff and she'd meet us up front and manually mark it all down. So one thing I do want to point out, we so that's the kind of relationship we've established. Another one of the store managers in the same chain actually just hands us his scan gun when we show mm-hmm. up and says, all my clearance totes are in the back room. I don't have room to put them out. And just roll up a chair and scan what you need and, and just let me know. And I said, well, okay, that sounds great. Can I take a couple boxes with me? Uh, so, so I don't have to pay for those. And this, the assistant store manager at that particular store actually started her own seller business. So people get interested. I have a two-page Word document I send to them via email, which is just the basics of getting started, pointing them to different resources in the community. And just say, hey, if I can help, just let me know. But otherwise, you can tap into this. And if it's something you're interested in, you'll find all the help you need. And that's fantastic. A couple, a couple thoughts, man. This is one of the coolest stories that reinforces what we've been saying around here for a long time. Again, to repeat myself, but build relationships. Relationships aren't some kind of fun little add-on benefit if you're doing business right. No, they're the whole point. That's the whole point. When I come at business from a biblical lens, that's the whole reason business exists is to enhance relationships. So if you're showing up with your hoodie pulled up and your shades on and like pushing your 50 units to the register, hoping nobody asks you any questions, you're doing this the wrong way. They're not going to hand you a scanner and say, hey, yeah, a lot of the stuff in here that, you know, just scan it. You'll see, you can mark it down 75%. You're not going to build those kind of relationships that Brad just described. You guys have had conversations and I love you even pointed out that you're an introvert. This didn't come naturally. We encouraged this on the podcast and in the community. It's kind of a theme. It's like, hey, introverts, get out there, talk to people. You'll make more money. You'll have more friends. Your business will get bigger faster. We're talking about very real dollars in the bank. If you'll open your mouth and talk to people, tell them what you're doing, your phone will ring like George's did. I say that all the time. It's like, you want your phone ringing with opportunity? Well, you're going to have to build some relationships to make that happen. I so, love it. Two more little relationship nuggets, uh, and then we can move on potentially to another subject. But the store where we go on Fridays, the, the clerks are typically like college-age kids who are working there uh, with the store manager. And they get really excited when we show up because they have this competition amongst themselves mm-hmm. to see who has the longest receipt. And so they rush to the checkout when we're there and they, they take pictures of themselves holding up the receipt. So they have this right. little collage of people who've had the longest receipt for a transaction. That's great. They see us come and they're all running back to the register. Right? The biggest transaction of the day, checking out Georgia at the end of the shift. I love it. That's right. so great. So we also have our local UPS drivers. There are two uh, who work in our neighborhood, Brian and John. And they obviously know what we're doing because I've chased them down the street to hand them a box to ask them to please take it in uh, for us. And so, you know, they said, hey, you know, you can schedule UPS to pick up. It's got to do a day or two ahead of time. There's a nominal fee. And Brian said, but don't worry about that. Here, let me just give you my cell phone number. You just text me when you have something you need picked up. Mm, I'm in the area anyway. I'll swing by on the way. Yeah. 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 So we'll often text him and say, hey, uh, are you still in the neighborhood? And, uh, and he might say, oh, no, I'm, I'm done for today, but I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be in George's neck of the woods between, say, one and two. And so we put a, the boxes on a little cart. And between one and two, Georgia rolls them out into the driveway and Brian will swing by and travel. And so the, the UPS drivers, our store managers and friends, uh, this year we, we made a specific effort to get all of them gift cards for Christmas to thank them for our success. 
And, and one of the store managers actually got choked up. She said, I've been working here 16 years and have never gotten a gift from a customer. So she is, will go out of her way to make our lives super easy. That's awesome. If, I love stories like this. You know, what? one of my stories, uh, I've got a, a couple little quick ones that kind of illustrate this, but they would see me coming at the, one of the stores where we shopped and get a handful of, of ladies. And this is when I was doing a lot of RA work myself you know, for our replens business, but they wanted me, they wanted me, the guy with the three carts, they wanted me because they know whoever checks me out, I'm going to ask them a question as the checkout's going like, what's your favorite candy bar? <laughs> I'm just going to load them up with four or five of whatever their favorite is, right? For their snack break. So they knew like, if you see that guy coming, you want him on your line, right? You want to be that person uh, because they'll take care of you. They'll look out for you. They say, "Hey, we've got more of these in the back. Do you want me to go check? I'm pretty sure we got a whole case of these back there. You want them on your team." Exactly. And uh, it, it's very rare that someone will resist a kind gesture and a friendship. Hey, they're in business too, just like you are. They get it. You're helping them make more sales. They're on your side. Be they proud of what you do and and have those conversations. Great stories, we guys. Up another another little uh, tidbit from our store manager uh, where we do our Easter egg hunt. She explained to us that the first Tuesday of every month is Senior Day. You get an additional twenty percent off of whatever you're buying that day, and no upper limit on your purchase. That's so, awesome. It's like, hey, Georgia, what are you doing Tuesday? It's exactly. So, so Georgia immediately put the first Tuesday of every month down in her calendar. On my calendar for the year. That's great. I just picked Tuesday random. That's the actual day. Is that what you said? It is actually that day. And and that's not information that's available on the company's website or anything. Mm-hmm. Would have never had that insight had she not been yeah. to share it with yeah. us. Right. It, relationships for the win, man. And we could go on and on and on and on. It, totally it, could. Examples of, you know, and, and there's just as many examples of people that kind of flame out, they get burnt out, they get, they get tired of doing it themselves and because they never built relationships. It's just them and a glowing keyboard and going at it. Now you've got to get out there. And I can just see, you know, I can see you guys. There's there's a joy in this business for you guys. You guys are having fun. It's supposed to be time. fun. Yeah, we're having a great time. Exactly. Good fun. Where else do you want to go? We're, we're hitting some great tips today. Anything else uh, that yeah, you want to Yeah, I've got a couple of things into? that I wanted to, to share. I've got a little list of lessons learned along the way that might might uh, resonate with some of the other folks who are kind of new. We did have an opportunity with one of our ASINs where we were the only seller on the listing. And uh, we we hear from time to time, like, how closely can you correlate KEPA drops? Uh, And I'll let you tell the listeners what drops mean if if you want to. But the KEPA drops compared to the units we sold. Mm -hmm. And the course of a month, we had uh, 88 KEPA drops and we sold 208 units which I've heard in the past, it could be three, four, five to one ratio of actual sales to drops, depending on when Keepa's taking its snapshots, when it's crawling crawling the site and scraping that data. Exactly. So our experience when we had a clean ASIN that was just us was 88 to 208. Was yeah. And, and that's going to vary so widely. You'll see anywhere from a two to three X up to a five to 10 X. So really, I mean, that's just one data point that we can go off of. And if we just confused anybody with the last minute and a half, go listen to podcast episode 369. We tell you the basics of Keepa, And the, the, the beauty of Keepa is literally you can go learn more anytime you want to. I don't care how long you've been using Keepa, There's more to learn to give you an advantage on selecting great inventory. That's a good, safe bet. 
But yeah, that's interesting. 88 drops meant about 200 plus units. Right. That's about the lowest ratio that I've ever heard. Typically, if I see 80 plus drops, I'm thinking four to 500 or more sales, and which I've seen plenty of times, you know, because there's only one or two other sellers on there and we're just burning through the inventory ourselves at, you know, more than that. So, yeah, but you just kind of, there's no, for those who aren't aware of why Keep is such a big deal, one of the reasons is because there's no way to know how fast any product on Amazon is selling. And only Amazon knows that data. They'll give you little snippets and little hints, but they won't tell you the exact number. Knowing that number can help you make really good decisions. That's what Keepa helps you do, part of what Keepa helps you do. So, yeah, good point. It's a pretty, pretty powerful tool. Uh, what just are the tips you got for us? One thing I would recommend that our coaches told us early on is come up with or or get from the community a smart numbering convention for your SKU number that will carry some information embedded in it that will serve you well when you get into repricers and you get into inventory lab and and other things that your costs and your buy box info uh, can be cleverly woven into that. I won't I won't belabor the point, but if you're just using random SKUs, you you can do yourself a favor by getting a little sharper on on your naming convention. It's absolutely for us. yep. Because you're you're selling against existing ASINs, existing SKUs on Amazon, but you can mm-hmm. assign your own as well. And if you tuck in pieces of data like which store you bought it from or other things that help you identify it quickly or at a glance know more about you know the story of that product. You know, one of the things, some people are fans of including the price that you originally paid and some people aren't because you can't create, you don't want to create multiple SKUs for the same ASIN as you go buy more. The second, third, fourth, eighth, 15th time you buy that same inventory, you want to use the same SKU every time, ideally. Amazon doesn't like if you create new SKUs every single time for the same product. Right. So if you put the price in and the price changes over time, goes up and down, we still say, hey, you know what? We're just going to kind of round off. This is an $8 product. Sometimes That's it's seven. That's exactly what we do. In. Is that what you guys we, do? Yeah, we round to the nearest dollar and leave it there. That just That's general guidance when you're out making decisions on the fly. You can use that information to make a quick purchase decision. Like we, I can look in the aisles of the store and see what we originally bought it for, right. um, which made it profitable. And if it's markedly increased, I have to go do a little research to make sure it works. But if it's lower than that, you know, probably a safe bet. Probably a safe bet. The other thing that I would suggest, and this happened to us um, a happenstance, our local office supply store was going out of business and they had ridiculous markdowns on a bunch of things. So we picked up a receipt scanner, which isn't, you know, necessary. It's, it's a nice to have, but a really nice to have. It has a feature where we can create a search or keyword searchable PDF file. Right. So when we get those requests from various IP people, hey, can you produce the receipts for this? We can just do a keyword search and come back with a digital copy of the receipt to attach to whatever complaint they've sent us and send it right back to them. And it's a whole bunch of like digging through a shoebox. Absolutely. And I know Jeff Schick recommends those as well, the the, uh, the receipts. And, and you can, that's something you can have your virtual assistant help or assistant. You know, you don't want to be sitting there doing it all yourself, but just, you know, take a picture of it, send that to somebody else, let them handle it. But yeah. You, you don't want to be digging through a shoebox like you just said, looking for like, when did we buy eight of these? It's been three months ago. Where's that receipt? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That'll save you a ton of time. Good tip. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to mention, we have a um, kind of just real quickly on the list of tools that we used and when we kind of picked them up. Yeah. And just as a point of reference, I'm not advocating one way or the other here, but you know, obviously 
we use Keepa and AZ Insights from day one. And that's only because I asked Abe, our coach, what do I what do I need to get started? And he said, those two things will get you started. And so that's what we did. And he's been proven right. Uh, we got a repricer about 60 days into our journey uh, when we knew enough about pricing and managing pricing and like competing for the buy box or being in the middle of the pack or whatever. Uh, so repricer is is really well worth it when it gets to the point where it's consuming a lot of your time to stay competitive on your pricing. We got into Inventory Lab about three months into our journey. And for those who don't know, that's just a good system for entering in your, your purchases and creating shipments and that sort of thing. But it also help, it really supports your, your P&L and some of your tax information later in the year if you're disciplined about it. Uh, that followed by about six months into our journey, we picked up Replen Dashboard to help us with replenishment decisions. We were getting to the point where a long list of ASINs, things were falling through the cracks, and it was really helpful to just have a tool where we could create quickly some shopping lists. Uh, so that was really helpful. And then most recently, we've we've picked up uh, Sellerboard. Uh, and I'll be the first to admit I'm not savvy on it yet. That's one of the to-dos on my list here is to get sharper with that and see uh, kind of what it provides. But that's the, the laundry list of things that we've gotten into. Gotcha. Yeah, with Sellerboard, it's a pretty low learning curve from what I've heard. You just kind of hook it up to your account and it tells you all kinds of stuff you didn't realize <laughs> pretty fast. It's it's pretty low learning curve. Yeah, that's a good tool list. And people for the listeners who might be thinking, oh, I got to learn how to use all those tools. No, you one at a time. I always like to tell the example of one of the couples in our community that built a seven-figure business using Seller Central, which is free as an Amazon seller. Everybody gets that. It's the app on your phone and you can log in anytime. That's where you see the, the interface you have with Amazon controlling your inventory. So you got Seller Central. They had Keepa, which is a tool we're talking about a lot. Podcast episode 369 explains that tool. And that's it. That's all they had. They used the proven Amazon course to get themselves trained. They didn't use a coach. They used Keepa. They used Seller Central, which is tool Amazon gives you. After that, it's just a matter of how creating convenience for yourself. Like a repricer. People say, hey, when do I need a repricer? Well, at the point where you're spending a lot of time repricing your inventory and you're thinking to yourself, man, it'd be nice if there was a tool that could do this for me, get a repricer. If you want to speed up instead of spending five hours preparing your shipments, you'd like to spend three or two and a half hours. Inventory Lab can help with that. It can also make it faster to provide the numbers that your accountant needs for your books at the end of the year. Seller board, even more zooming in on your numbers and knowing on an ASIN by ASIN basis, which ones should we keep? Which ones should we move away from? And Replan Dashboard, of course, the best feature there, I mean, it does all kinds of things, but for our team, what we use it for is like you just said, Brad, when's the time to order more? How many more should we order? Based on what's been going on with this ASIN, how many more do we need right now? It really helps dial that in so you're, you're not over or under buying, uh, which is the game. With yeah, and I would mention, we we kind of took these on, as you mentioned, one at a time. We didn't do it all at once and get overwhelmed. We got to the point where pricing was a pain. We looked at a repricer. We got to the point where creating shipments and tracking our costs was a pain. We we got inventory lab. So I guess the, be prepared to kind of grow into these things as you go. That's the reason we're on seller board now. I just finished doing our, our taxes and profitability, but it was all at the top line. Uh, it's a lot of legwork for me to go do ASIN by ASIN. Kind of stuff. So I'm looking for some some help in that regard, hoping a tool can help out there. It definitely um, will. Yeah. Yeah. Just sign up for these when when the time's appropriate. Like you said, just sense check if it, you're asking yourself, man, it would be nice if I could get this off my plate. You can hand it to a VA, you can hand it to a system, but uh, don't do it all at once. It can get a little bit overwhelming. 
Absolutely. And, and for the listener's sake too, as well, a lot of these tools you've mentioned today, we've been able to leverage really nice discounts or special you know, trial offers for most of them through our affiliate links uh, typically. But if you go to the uh, show notes for today's episode, silentgym.com, look for the show notes for today's episode, you'll see links to all of these tools. And speaking of affiliate links, you mentioned earlier, Brad, that you're referring friends into the community and helping them out. You've got this little report you've written up to kind of give them a boost in the right direction. You should be using an affiliate link for the Proven Amazon course. So if they do jump in and become a student, you, you can get a little override, a little commission there. Oh, cool. We'd love to be sending you some money. That There's a link at the bottom of the provenamazoncourse.com page. It says affiliates, okay. sign up, it's free. You get your own little link. So hey, if you do end up buying this course, use this link. And that way we can yeah. send you some yeah, extra one thing. Money. I would like to give a shout out to to your team over at the Proven Amazon course about this. I um I reached out to them with a question and um, because I wanted to have our VA have access to some of the modules in there uh, for ongoing training and upskilling purposes. Right. And I was I didn't want to just give my login credentials to somebody else and have like two people in there because it hoses up your tracking of which modules you've completed and which you haven't and so forth. Right. I reached out to the team uh, and the response was, hey, under these circumstances, we have a discounted version of the Proven Amazon course for people on your team if you've already paid for the full version at some point. And I won't tell you what the discount is on the recording because it may change over time, but it was substantial and generous to the point where we were able to get our VA a lifetime uh, pack subscription uh, well within our budget. So now uh, he has an opportunity for life have access to these kinds of skills and ongoing training. So wanted to thank you. That's very proactive and supportive for you and the team to think uh, forward like that. So I really appreciate Outstanding. it. I love to hear it. And back when it was just Mary and I, Mary's still with us, I'm pretty proud of the fact that, you know, my coaching director has been with me 19 years. Mary's been with me, what, I think, do we just have 15 years, something like that? Mary's been with me a long time as well. Uh, from day one, back when it was just Mary and I, we, as far as customer support goes, just generosity, generosity. It's anything we can do to help. If someone pushes back and says, "Ah, oh, I don't know, this is you know, this is really going to stretch us," it's like, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's get you in here. It's something you can afford because we're so proud of what we do and what we teach. We've seen it change people's lives. We want to get it into your hands. We want you to become a success story. And uh, this is this is about more than us collecting you know a few dollars a month in subscription fees." This is mission for us. This is ministry for us. We want to see lives change. So yeah, if we can help somebody out and help their business out and give them a little discount, get them to come to the event at no charge because it's going to stretch them. Hey, we're, we're, we have a scholarship program every year where we make a good number of tickets available. Speaking of which, we talked a little bit before we hit the recording today. It sounds like we might be seeing you guys in Columbus for our Proven Conference in July. So what are your thoughts there? What are the odds we're going to see Brad and, and Georgia, maybe some of the rest of your crew? Uh, pretty high. We yes. blocked out the time. Had my wife looking at airfare the other day. Uh, we'll bring uh, one of our family members who lives in the area along with us. So you'll have the three musketeers there. Great. Um, really looking forward to it. That's awesome. And if you bring your spouse, this is for you, Brad, as well as anyone else listening who's thinking, well, my spouse doesn't really do the business. I mean, they might be there with me, but do I need a ticket for them? No, you don't need a ticket for them. If they're not going to be sitting in the sessions, but there is a session that they should not miss. And there are any, it's open to anybody. Anybody in the hotel can come to this session. It's with my wife. She actually talks to the non-entrepreneurs. And a lot of times people from the community will go too. She's done it several years now. 
uh, just very transparent talk. She basically, one of the things she talks about, for example, Brad, is how to be the cheerleader for your crazy entrepreneur, <laughs> right? <laughs> instead of saying, you know, one of the lines that I heard recently that I've used a couple of times since is like, instead of saying, how, when your entrepreneur has a crazy idea and you're the cheerleader, you say, wow. <laughs> Knowing full well that they'll probably never actually do anything with it anyway, because they're always having new ideas. Right. It's it's just those kind of fun little things and exchanges That's and the reality great. of e-commerce and homeschooling under our roof for the past 20 years. And it's very conversational. And um over the years we've had to do two or three sessions over because it's just it's a popular session. So yeah, bring your wife along, have her sit in Andrea's session, okay. if nothing else. She'll really get a kick out of uh, how much they make fun of us, I think, is probably the most fun they have in there. <laughs> but yeah, the, this has been a great episode. Was there anything else on your list that that we cruised past that we need to hit to bring some value or any questions you have for me? Let's see. I did have a, a couple of things. Actually, George, if you have anything, you can go first. And uh, I'll look at my notes here real quick. I think one issue was cost. We paid attention to the cost as we were having carts built as we were looking at supplies and tried to find things on sale at different places. So we're always aware of uh, doing this with the least amount of money. I mean, mm-hmm. so we paid attention to costs. Still, the boxes you mentioned, like when you're at stores, you're like, hey, do you mind if you take some of these broken down boxes with us? I mean, yes. those, those expenses add up, waiting until tape's on sale and buying it in bulk and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, totally. You should uh, be very frugal about it. You can, it can be done. Let's put it that way. You don't have to go crazy on this. You can get most all of this stuff, especially if you let all of your neighbors know what you're doing. Right. I can't tell you how many boxes we people drag over to our front door right. uh, and leave with us just because they know that we're doing this. Yep. So that works out pretty well for us. In terms of going forward questions, so you know, from a growth trajectory point of view, the two things on our horizon right now are to ramp up the percentage of OA in our business and and be running that through the prep center uh, over time. And then the other one is the branded bundles that we want to work on. We've got some super creative people in our family and immediate circle who I think have lots of good ideas for us to test in this regard. So if we make it to the conference, I'm hoping there's some some content there that'll help uh, with that. So I was talking to Nathan yesterday, my coaching director, who's been with me for 19 years. He is our branded bundle expert, along with a few coaches on our team as well. They really geek out on this stuff. Yes, we are going, even though it's not mentioned on the Proven Conference page, we do have a session, probably a couple, planned on the exact topic of building branded bundles. What's the latest? What are we learning? What's working well? And also be look at a slightly related topic that is on slated to be a new new content for the community coming soon as well as a topic at the conference in July is print on demand which is another version of fun creative way to do private label very low risk test out new ideas run some pay per click ads every once in a while after you've done a few or you know you're going to strike out a few times in a row and then you're going to hit a winner it just costs you a few hundred bucks per test Right. It's a fun thing to, to kind of test if you got some creative folks in your family or on your team, you know, putting interesting quotes on a mug, that kind of thing, right? There's a lot of opportunity there. We've got some people really dialing that in and excited to start to roll that out to the community. And at the conference, that will definitely be a topic as well. So two private label light type of opportunities. You don't have to go out and build the next best mousetrap to have a great private label on Amazon. There's ways to do it with far less risk 
We don't like to see our brand new students trying these things. The failure rate is so much higher if you're new, but you guys certainly aren't new. You've got a $30,000 a month. By the time conference gets here, I'm thinking you'll probably have had your first $50,000 a month and you guys are ready to start expanding into some of these other new ideas for sure. But yeah, does, yeah. does that help so you any, out? Yeah, any thoughts from your side aside from those two strategies we've identified? I don't want to take too many on at a time because we'd like to kind of get one dialed in before we move on to the next one. But is there anything from your perspective on the horizon strategy-wise we should be considering? Well, if you're talking about OA, one of the things that we are super excited about that I can't even tell you the name of it yet, although we've got a website and we're starting to play and build it out right now, as we're speaking, we've got a good number of coaches going through as kind of our second round of beta testers on something that we're super excited about. The first five, eight people who have seen this are freaking out, including one recent podcast guest who's like, I'm finding more inventory than I can possibly source and buy online. And it's our bot strategy. You may have heard some hints of that. We've kicked it around in the Facebook group a little bit, but it's coming and it's basically a brand new way that we've, to our knowledge, we've never seen anybody do anything like this before. And it's a, it's, it's a bot scraping strategy using some tools that most people have never heard of. I certainly never heard of it up until you know a couple months ago when we started playing with this coach on our team. So the bot strategy for online arbitrage it's coming. And as coaching students, it'll be super inexpensive for you to, to grab that. We will be talking about it at the conference as well okay. and breakout sessions. So yeah, that's a, that's a super exciting development that I think is really going to help a lot of folks who are focused in on the online arbitrage sourcing, which you said that's only about 15% of your business right now. That yeah. could easily catch up to RA pretty fast it, using the prep center. Oh, so it's, it's not coming to your front porch or to George's front porch. It's going to, it's going straight to the prep center, proven prep you guys are using. You said, uh, yep. out in Portland, right? So, yep. you know, this goes right to them. Yeah, a much more scalable thing. So, I'm hoping then we'll we'll pick up a couple of strategies from the conference. I know a little bit about bots and scraping. I'm a cloud computing person by trade. So there's a, I'm super curious to hear about that. Um, you will pick up on it fairly quickly. It's a little technical, which is why we've developed it. We're developing content and training. So that even if someone's not technical, they can kind of start to pick up on how to scrape and what to do and how to set the fields correctly and what tools to use. Um, and like I said, it's it's tools that I, I'd never heard of in, until and we've tested eight different tools for one of the one of the components of this. <laughs> so we've taken it seriously. Like, what's the best tool for the job here? Uh, we're really diving in deep on this, but uh, we're going to be able to teach it. I think in oh probably five or six sessions, uh, you know, hour to two set out per session. You can go all the way down the rabbit hole with this thing and really know it. But in an hour or so, we can explain the basics, and that's what we're going to do at the conference. We'll probably launch it before the conference. We're pretty sure we will. Okay, uh, that's coming okay. as well. So something to be Looking excited about for that. the listeners and for you. So I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up this one little story because Abe put me up to this when I told it to him early on. So when I first decided to get the pack, you didn't have the monthly model like you do now in terms of things. It was a one-time buy. And I had, had read the book, the audio book anyways, and then I'd gone through a few hundred of the podcast episodes. I said, okay, this is probably worth getting into. So I, uh, I actually purchased it during lunch on a Tuesday um, during my lunch break. And right after lunch, I had a call with one of my multinational customers, uh, you know, kind of like a Zoom thing, a big group of people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in the um, in this meeting and my phone rings and I look down and the caller ID said Jim Cochran on it. 
And so I told the people on the call, I said, hey, I got to run downstairs and sign for a package. I'll be right back. I put them all on hold, (laughs) turned off the video, grabbed the phone, and and you had called and said, hey, listen, just heard that you bought the Proven Amazon course, wanted to welcome you to the community. Uh, And if nothing else, at least now you have my cell phone number. I would have loved to spend just at least five or 10 minutes talking to you at that point, but I had to get back to my customer (laughs) on the call. We have talked before. We have for but maybe three minutes. Yes, three we minutes. Have. I, and I don't do. I do make a handful of phone calls per day. I'll be sitting here. I'll see orders coming in, or I'll see the list of coaching students. You know, and I'll just kind of scroll back in time and I pray. I'm like, God, let me just talk to the right people. I've got an hour. Fill my schedule with divine appointments. I call them, and so they, it sounds like I was randomly just kind of calling a new student at that point. Yeah, that's cool. and uh, that's when I knew we were probably in the right place. Mm-hmm. I got, wife, hey, when was the last time you bought something and you got a call 90 minutes later thanking you for the purchase and offering support? Mm. That was our entree into the community. Wow. That's beautiful. Well, it sounds like uh, God prompted me in the right direction that day. I don't do it every time. (laughs) That's for sure. Although I do for coaching students, I do uh, as to the best of my ability, if they've got a textable phone number, I send them a text and and, uh, say, hey, this is my personal cell if you ever need me. And it's the same number that I sent to you here a couple of years back. I've had it for, I don't know, 15 plus, maybe even coming up on 20 years, same phone number. And it, all the years I've done that, it, it blows my mind. No one ever abuses it, ever. Yeah. I mean, if they do, you just block them if they ever did, but no one ever has. It's just really good people. Like they want to build a business and they want to know that the guy who's at, you know in charge of this community is available and is real and really means what he says. I'm like, yeah, here's my cell phone. Text me. Let's go. Uh, so I love that story. I'm so glad you shared that, Brad. That's super cool, man. Yeah, and you know, Abe's a reflection of that. He's a he's a great guy, very sincere. Absolutely. He's got his you know, youth ministry that he works on and just a very giving person. He's been an exceptional help for us. So that if, if he's representative of the coaches who make their way into the community, you're doing really well. We've been blessed to have attracted some pretty incredible people, just leaders that I get to learn from and lean on and work with. Uh, it's a very flat organization. I say we have the most boring org chart you can possibly imagine. It's like we're all just kind of standing next to each other in the line and we've got our roles. But the thing we all have in common is you know, we're, we're doing this stuff all day, every day. We're building businesses and building relationships with each other and with this community and our org charter is just this, you know, list of names across the page. <laughs> right? like, here we go. Let's do this together. Some of the harder decisions wind up ending up on my desk, but for the most part, we make group decisions. Even you know, like, hey, what do you guys think? You know, what's what's the consensus here? Help, you know, let's think through this thing. So yeah, it's a it's a blessing to work with great guys like Abe. And there, there's dozens. If you believe it or not, we've got dozens of that quality of people. That's our core team just blows me away. We've got coaches just out of the kindness of their heart paying in full for some Facebook post. They'll see, they met the person today and they'll say, hey, you know what? I want you to come to the event. I'm buying your airline ticket. I'm buying your hotel room. You need to be there. General admission ticket, VIP ticket, whatever. Like we're paying all of it. That's the kind of people we work with around here Um, because we love creating that kind of success for other families. We've seen it. We felt it ourselves. We want to be in a community where that kind of new story is bubbling up constantly. And, and you guys are a great example of that now. 
So, Georgia, yeah, any parting an, thoughts? Or sorry, Brad, I kind of cut you off there, buddy. But I, I say I, that's one one of the things that kind of helped us encourage us to work with some of the other folks we know who are interested in this whole. You you've mentioned in the past the idea of just in time learning as opposed to just in case mm-hmm. learning. But the flip side of that is the just-in-time teaching angle. Yes. So, so I would encourage people to think you don't have you have to have just a little bit of relative expertise to help the next person behind you. That's right. So you don't know everything. You just need to know a little bit more. And and the most important skill is the encouragement and the consistency of following up and making sure uh, folks are supported and you can help them out and that they're consistent with buying and shipping and buying and shipping because that's gonna that's when the light comes on and things work. So so that notion of being able to kind of pay it forward by helping the folks who are just getting started is, uh, is a reflection of kind of how our coaches have treated us. Yeah. And that's certainly a theme in the Facebook group too. I mean, it's a kind, generous, abundance mindsetted group and it's free. And a lot of times people are like, what's the catch? There is no catch. It's just a bunch of people who don't see you as a competitor they want you to succeed because one day you'll be on the podcast like Brad and Georgia, and you'll share a whole bunch of amazing tips with the rest of us based on your journey. And I guarantee there's people out here today who are, who are hearing this episode, they're challenged the way you approach relationships and managers. They're going to completely pivot on the way they handle their sourcing. And that's going to put tons of money in their pocket. And they're going to end up coming in with a success story saying, Hey, remember that episode with Brad and Georgia that inspired me. Like th- this is a, there's a viral effect of, of you know, there's a positive viral effect to what we do here. And we, that's what we all love to see. You know, there's no catch. No, that's just what we love to see. This has been a wonderful experience in my life. Mm. And I'm going to keep doing it and keep enjoying it. So I highly recommend it as a way of life. Fantastic. Thank you much. Well put, Georgia. Cannot wait to see you guys in July. And I think you guys are going to be the, uh, the like, closet celebrities like who was that brad and georgia like which one are they i want to meet those guys because because you'd requested and we're honoring the request you know first names only and and um no video for various reasons but people are still going to seek you out and figure out who you guys are (laughs) and you're going to be very popular i think can't wait to meet them we're going to have a good time it's going to be a blast yeah plan to come a day or two early stay a day or two late plenty of people in our community do the hotel Oh, we've every year we go through this with the hotel. They're like, well, your event is July 6th through 8th. Why do you want a discount block starting on the 3rd and running through the 11th? I'm like, just trust me. When our people start signing up, that's how they sign up. They come early, they stay late, they hang out. Like we need a big old discount block. And sure enough, here they come. You got people coming in a day or two early and hanging out and staying a day or two late. So can't wait to see you guys in July. But uh, this is a good place to wrap up. Thank you for your time. This is a really good episode today, guys. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And I'm going to talk to the listeners for just a moment as we wrap up here then. I'm sure you picked up several tips and strategies. If you were feverishly jotting down notes and writing down websites, remember, you can go to silentgym.com. There's links to all the resources we talked about today. And you can go there and if you don't mind, use our affiliate link that puts a few dollars in our pocket. We always appreciate that as well. If you're ready to get started, there's only one course you need. It's the Proven Amazon course at provenamazoncourse.com. Jump in there for a little over a dollar a day. You're getting the just-in-time education and knowledge that you need to launch a successful Amazon business, just like our guests today did. 
And we're here for you as well. If you want to check out some coaching, links to all this stuff are at silentgym.com. That's the only link you need. Write it down. Hey, Georgia, Brad, once again, God bless you guys. You were a true delight today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. On behalf of the whole team and my guests today, God bless the business building warriors who hung out with us today. We'll have another great episode for you very soon. We'll talk to you then. Hey, before I let you go for the day, we've got a segment with my good friend, Jeff Schick of jeffschick.com. If you've been listening, you may have noticed over the past several weeks, once a week or so, we bring Jeff in. He's our resident expert when it comes to Amazon policy, Amazon legal issues. You can put him on retainer for just a few dollars a day, and he tackles all those challenges with you if you need a lawyer. So welcome back, Jeff. What do you got for us this week? Well, I have an interesting one, and this is the rise of Amazon sellers reporting other sellers. And so that's, uh, you know, it sounds probably strange, but we've seen an increase in sellers who say, I, you know, seller, you know, seller X over here is doing something that I think is against Amazon policy and I want to turn them in for it. So I'm not talking about IP complaints per se. Um, You know, those are, that's brand registry. That's a whole nother topic for another day. But I'm talking more about the sellers who say like, oh, this seller is doing something wrong, you know, whether they're packaging products wrong, manipulating listings, doing something that this, that as a seller, I perceive this as being against Amazon policy. I may or may not be right, but I think I am. And so what do I do about it? And so an interesting trend that we're working on is we have several cases of sellers who um, took the law into their own hands and started reporting other sellers. And there's nothing inherently wrong on Amazon with reporting another seller if you're doing it correctly. So just like the law, you know, like the police doesn't, they don't mind if you report somebody saying, Hey, you know, they're driving 45 miles an hour and this is a 30 mile an hour zone. And I just passed one of those speed signs that says 45. So I know they're going 45. You're like, that's a pretty clear cut case. And the police aren't going to hold that against you. What they are going to hold against you, you know, is you know, going with the speeds, you know, speeding example is if you say this seller's going hundred miles an hour and I know they're going hundred miles an hour because I could just feel it. And I don't know, you know, and I, so they must be, you know, and the speed limit there, I bet you the speed limit is 20. You know, I don't know what it is either. I'm not going to do the research to figure out what it was, but I know they're speeding. And then you just report it that way. Cause you know, again, filing a false police report with police can be a, can be a problem. So now let's take this back to Amazon. Let's say you think that another seller is breaking policy because they're selling, you know, you're both selling tied laundry detergent. I don't know why I'm always talking about laundry. I guess I didn't do so much of it. It's time to do some laundry, man. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because my office is, is above the laundry room. I'm not sure. <laughs> so it's, um, but yeah, so like, you know, I, I'm, yeah, the, I'm, we're both selling re- replens tied laundry detergent. And they, and this other seller, I just know that they're selling a, a 20 ounce version on a 32 ounce listing. You know? Sounds innocent enough, you would report it, right? There's nothing wrong if you know for a fact you've done a test buy and they sent you a 20 ounce bottle. That if you are on a 32 ounce listing, there's nothing wrong with reporting them for that. Where Amazon has a problem is if you report them for selling a 20 ounce bottle, but they're really selling a 32 ounce bottle on a 32 ounce listing. And so, where we're starting to see this issue is sellers are reporting other sellers for perceived policy violations. So that could be, I think they're manipulating reviews, or I think they're selling the wrong product on this listing, or I think they're doing some horrible thing that's against terms of service without going and verifying what terms of service is. Right. I'm reporting them for it and expecting Amazon to take action. 
And believe it or not, if you report somebody for something that's wrong, they're not going to just take your report and say, oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. They're going to say, you know, is, first thing they're going to look at is one, is this report valid? And if the report's valid, they're going to, they'll take their own action. But if the report's not valid, because they're going to verify the correctness of it, you know, accuracy, then they're going to, they're going to look and say, is the seller making this report an attempt to game the system? Right. And that's where it becomes a problem. Because yeah. it can come they, back to bite you if you play Karen on Amazon, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Karen on Amazon will not be selling on Amazon very long. So she so yeah, she would asking to see the manager, she would be seeing the door. <laughs> so and so what we're seeing is sellers are starting to be suspended for this behavior because Amazon's saying, wait, you're filing these reports to hurt another seller, not because you're trying to help us police and make this a better marketplace. You're doing this out of bad intent, even though. Most of the sellers that we're working with that have had this issue come up, they're not, they're not trying to be bad. They're trying to make the place a better market, mm-hmm. but they're not verifying policy first. And so they're making up rules in their minds because they think that this should be the rule and it's not the rule. And then they report somebody for breaking the rule who didn't break any rules. And then Amazon's taking action against them for we, making We should call this the mind your own business tip from Jeff Schick, man. It I really mean, is. You know, there's always value in helping point out the truly bad actors. But if you just kind of someone rubs you the wrong way and you'd like to kind of get rid of them because they're sharing some masons with you and you make up some stuff or you or you guess and try to get them in trouble, it could come back on you worse than it ever goes down on them. It, that's that's a great and that's the way the world should be, man. I, I kind of like this one today. People need to stay in their own lane and focus on their success. If their success, if someone else's success is causing you to not feel successful, then you need to figure out how to make yourself more successful, not take them down. So you're a philosopher on the weekends too. I love it, man. Yeah. So (laughs) there, psychology with Jeff. (laughs) Beautifully said, man. Great tip. And I always appreciate you swinging by. For those who want to put Jeff on retainer or go investigate what he's all about, get over to jeffschick.com, just like the razor, which I could use right now. Uh, (laughs) jeffschick.com. He's on retainer with my team and many, many other sellers in our community. He's going to be a guest with us at the Proven Conference coming up July 6th through 8th. He's one of our top sponsors as well. So come hang out with him there theprovenconference.com. But I'll let you go, Jeff. Great hanging out with you today, buddy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.